On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast, and uh, we're still continuing on with the theme of having some incredible men on the show for a different perspective, so it's not just uh, the girls talking. So Alok is here with us. I'm not going to attempt the last name, even though he schooled me on how to say it. I'm going to let him say it because I don't want to bugger it up. Um, so, so you're a coach and basically I I want you to come and sort of give us the rundown of who you are, but thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's always very refreshing to hear a man's perspective on the masculine and feminine and toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, all that sort of fun stuff. So let us tell us what you do, where you do it, and then kind of how your, your journey or creation story around your company. Uh, thanks so much, Kara, for just having me on and inviting me to be here. Uh, it's, it's a real honor. Uh, my name's Alok Apadurai. I help coaches reach the top 2% of their niche and be able to build their impact empire to make a difference in the world and earn a phenomenal living doing it. Uh, my journey's been it built in mission-driven business my entire career, ran three companies in clean energy. Uh, the second one was in global media platform for women to reshape body image and mass media. That came with a book project actually for mothers uh, on the bodies of mothers, which I did with my ex, Jade Beal. And my third company was a sustainable clothing company that fed 500,000 meals to people in need. And I gave it to Ed on that. And then in 2016, I launched my coaching and consulting business to help people scale their impact and their income. Amazing. Look at that was like nice and very masculine energy of you to describe (laughs) it all so quickly and beautifully like that. So what... What t- what did you do? So so corporate jobs always mission driven. What led you to be like that's? Let's you know. Obviously, I'm very candid and transparent, but that's yeah. not usual. That's not normal for a guy typically to be mission driven from the start. So talk a bit about maybe your your childhood or your upbringing and how that led you to being aware at that level. Yeah. So I had a spiritual experience at 19 in North India and I was driving with my parents and uh, I was hair raising drive and my 80 year old self sat next to me and I was on the investment banking track at the time. And my 80 year old self basically said, Hey, look, you know, what did you do with your life? Who'd you spend your time with? And did it matter? And Mm -hmm. that changed the trajectory of my whole life. Uh, So I'd say there's that as a major influence. And then there was my late mother who died in my arms in the bathroom of her home at after a long battle of cancer, and I made a deep decision to carry on her legacy of being able to transform people's lives. Um, she primarily focused on women, and, okay. and so it's not really very surprising to me that like 80, 90% of my client base are women. Um, it's, you know, I, I truly believe that the world uh, needs more women driving economies. We know what happens when more wealth moves through the hands of women, et cetera, et cetera. So those have sort of been my underpinnings since I was really, really young. So it's interesting, um, like when you're talking about what your client base is predominantly women, it's, this is like, this keeps coming up, right? Like I've, I've done a few of these with the men and there's a obviously a pattern. And like, if you know, Tony Robbins, he always says he'd be an idiot not to recognize a pattern, but so I'm not an idiot there. Win for me today on a Friday. Woo-hoo. Um, but it seems like why, and I just want your take on it, but why do you think, cause it's mostly women that get coaches. Like it's, 
over and over and over again, I'm seeing my friends are women entrepreneurs and they're getting coaches. You're talking about it. The last guest I just had on, same thing, the last two actually. Why do you think women, and I, this isn't totally masculine, feminine really yet, but maybe it is. Why do you think that those, yeah, I was going to say, I should probably take, take that back. Why do you think women are showing up in that way for coaches? I'm going to reveal, I, I, can I be vulnerable for a second? A million percent. Um, my most expensive mistake in my career was not asking for help early enough. And there were two driving factors. And I, I say this from stage, even though it's not flattering, I now totally embrace it. There was ego and it wasn't like your traditional male ego. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, that's so, that's such what men do. Right. And I'm like, well, no, it, to me, it was a little more nuanced than that because it did come from my dad or anything like that. But the right. ego said, Hey, look, you're an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs solve problems and they figure things out. And my brain translated that to figure it out on your own. Right. And then, so that was the ego saying, Hey, look, you should be able to figure this out. Like keep tinkering with it. Watch some more YouTube videos, read some more books and you'll crack the code. Right. And unlock all your impact and income. Right. And then there was the embarrassment, Kara. Like there was the embarrassment inside myself that I wasn't always figuring it out that I wasn't cracking the code on my own. And I was like, well, but look at all those people. They're cracking the code on their own. Like they're somehow figuring it out. Look, what's wrong with you? There must be something wrong with you, right? Like this was the narrative and it held me back from asking for help. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the root where I I think women I have found are more open to asking for help. And And again, I'm just speculating here, but I don't think there's the same stigma. Whereas men are kind of like, I should do it on my own. I need right, to figure right. everything out, right? And so it doesn't surprise me that more women are open and going, huh, I bet if I hire a coach or a consultant, like I'll probably figure it out faster, right? Yeah, Whereas more yeah. men, I think, are kind of hard-headed and stuck. Um, and I know when I broke through that a number of years ago, it was like rocket ship. Like yeah, everything yeah. got better. That's, it, that's interesting because, because – oh, hang on, I'm getting feedback here. Pause for technical difficulties, as per usual. Wouldn't be my show if there wasn't. Um, but the interesting thing is that I would say I talk to a ton of women. I'm not a coach, and I, I say I'll never be one because in my other company, I have a content. It's called The Content Company, and I used to be an SEO and agency person. And I started the writing part because I never wanted to do the SEO part anymore. I didn't want to have the calls that you get. You know, so I'm saying that about coaching. I don't think I'll ever be a coach. I want to support in other ways, but coaching will never be the thing. So when I talk to my female friends that are entrepreneurs and they're in their masculine, they're not asking for help, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think some of them might come and and it might be that masculine thing that pushes them because they're like, oh, fuck, I need to, I'm competing. I need to do better, blah, 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 blah. But I think there's still a lot of them where ego is exactly what you're saying where they're like, I don't need, and I'm guilty of that too. Like I get stuck in, I know all this shit. How come I can't figure it out? Ah, I love that one. Right. That's the the too close to the mirror, right? Like why do I spend heavily? I've got a female coach and I'm in a full mastermind and I invest heavily into myself. Why? Because what I can do for other people, I can't do for myself. Mm, Thank you. All being too close to the mirror. And like, we can't see what we can't see, right? Because the mirror is right here. And once we understand that about ourselves, right? And 
then we can, when we, when we shed all these past decisions that no longer uplift us to our highest self. And in my case, it's not even fancy language. Like I started replicating what highly successful people do. Right. And I was like, um, they make that decision. I'm going to start making that decision. They view time this way. I'm going to start viewing time this way. Right. So it wasn't even like really fancy. It was just like, what are people more successful than me doing? And they have coaches. Right. Yeah. And I, like I, my coaching call, so I, I have a, she is, she was my friend first. She was a think and grow rich. Um, like she'd done all, all of that. That's she's an NLP. And then she's, then she just went through Tony's coaching program. And now she's technically a Tony Robbins coach. And in that, this is the thing. She sees my blind spots. Even when I think I'm seeing the fucking blind spot and I'm telling her the blind spot, which isn't really blind. She'll be like, around the corner. I was like, what the, f- what? And it's true. But when, when, and this, this will lead into the masculine feminine, when I'm in my feminine energy and I'm secure in it and I'm feeling quiet in there, I can see it, everything crystal clear. Mm. It's not until my head and my, or my masculine energy gets involved when that is necessary for us to execute. You have to have the hunter or it's fucked. Right. You're not doing anything. Right. But it's once I get up here again, I'm lost in why, how, what, what's not working? Da, 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 da. And, and so talk a little bit about, you know, because toxic masculine, masculinity, I think, is something that is so relevant right now, right? I mean, in business, in society, Ooh. in politics, in leadership, there's, it's everywhere. It's, that's the cancer of, I think, the world right now. So talk a bit about what you think or what your definition might be on what a toxic masculine man would look like at any age. Like in the younger age, we know it's the bravado, the fast car, the being, you know, sorry for the crude language, but a fuck boy. Like those are the terms that you associate with a toxic masculine young man. We used to call them players, but the cool kids, they don't, they don't it's a harsher word now. So talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I mean, toxic, I... I I've seen myself as always being on the more emotional end of the spectrum, like ever since I was really young. And so I always felt like, oh my gosh, if I reveal that I'm emotional, like that's going to be a sign of weakness and I'm going to get beat up, right? Like that was kind of the prevailing notions. And certainly I think it's changing in business, but certainly in business, it's like, to show any sign of weakness, it's like you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be eaten. Um, yeah. And so I think that tax, that toxic masculinity is it's clearly the evidence is clear in terms of how it's affecting women, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also like you know, as, as a sensitive man, like you, you know, you get you're getting eaten and steamrolled by these men as well, right? Like they just they they I've I've experienced it in business. Um, so you have your kind of sociopathic narcissists in business that, you know, make you think that they're the right fit for you. And then all of a sudden you realize they're just like gaslighting you, undermining you, just systematically destroying your sense of self. It's like, oh my God, like, why, why are you doing this? So, you know, that, that toxicity, um, and, and I, I, to be very honest, like, I don't want to sit here and say, like, I've been some saint. Like, the more that as men, like, we've kind of looked at our own behaviors, even as sensitive men, you're like, oh, but gosh, oh, that was, like, you know, I think every man has some track record that they're not, like, they're not super proud of. Um, right. 
you know, I've said it to my, my girlfriend, right? Like, you know, I said, Hey, there, you know, there are things I'm not thrilled about. Thankfully they're not like in the horrible, horrible categories, but I've participated in ways of being that I'm not thrilled about as a 42 year old man now. And I told you I was older. (laughs) What's that? I said, I told you I was older. (laughs) And I told you that my mom taught me never to ask. (laughs) Fair. He mentioned Tone Loke at the start of the show and as if I wouldn't know who that was. So I said, I'm probably older. And there we are. I am. <laughs> you know what? I got to the point in life where people no longer, there are people who don't know who Tone Loke is. And I'm like, yes. oh gosh. Those I people are crazy. crazy. I'm just they kidding. They are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that toxic mas- masculine energy, you know, I think it's, it's going out of vogue. Um, hmm. I think certainly in the business arena, Certainly when you look at millennials, you look at like the decisions of where millennials want to work, like there's a beginning to be a changing landscape of what are the core values of companies. And so again, slow iceberg of change. Mm. Um, not, you know, please to all the listeners, don't go come cut my leg off. Like, I get it. Slow iceberg of change. Uh, but I am, I am heartened by where I think. Yeah the business landscape and, you know, hopefully the social landscape and the expectations and understandings about relationships and other, at least hopefully we're headed in the right direction. It feels like we are. It feels like, I think the fact that we have these conversations and that they're real because it's, it starts in business, but it trickles down into every area of your life. If, and if you're showing up in an energy that isn't in your core, it's you're, you're faking it. And that gets tiresome and that gets, it's, that's, that can be relentless on your soul. If you're every day, you're going to work as a woman or a man showing up in an energy that you're not comfortable in. So let's talk a bit about women in the business arena and how they show up in their masculine. I know what it looks like for me and I'm able to very quickly check myself before I wreck myself. Um, It's a learned skill and I'm still definitely practicing. I'm practicing at home for sure. But for me, it's like, if I start to get too much, like I'm ordering people around or I'm ordering my kids around or I'm ordering, ordering, ordering around, that's a huge one. Like, whoa, I need to check myself. So in business, like, where do you, have you seen, cause women, they think we're, we just think we're competing. Like we don't understand that our power isn't pretending to be like a guy. It's being in our feminine, a strong feminine, you can still get shit done, but it's like showing up with your dick in your hands at the office is ridiculous. Sorry, yeah. but that's the truth. Yeah, um, you know, probably only goes so far. Yeah, and everyone will end up hating you, and no one will want to work for you. Got some maybe short-term benefits at best, but probably yep. not going to go well in the long run. Um, yeah, so here's here's my biggest piece is with with women in business is like I want I really want my clients to really step in and own their value, mm. and I think that's like. I think some people may call that masculine, but it's like when, when I see my female clients, like just really, really own into who they are and the value that they create for their customers. It's like, we can start unlocking so much for them where they can still roll in a feminine way, but they're like going to start being paid the way they should be paid. Yes. Yeah. That's like a huge thing for me. It's like, uh, uh-uh, like, you know, we need to work out what's underlying the fact that you're undercharging. Like most women listening to this right now, like I want you to like, you're undercharging for your services, but like 
nobody can just tell you, oh, go raise your rates. There's an energetics underneath it mm-hmm. that when we align with that, like all of a sudden so many things can start happening. So that's, I think, a core piece. Of, I think men can kind of like own their value, right? It's like, I don't want you to masculinely own your value. I want you to do it from a feminine standpoint, but nonetheless, I want you owning your value. Well, I think too, because for men, the, the way that you honor men is respect, right? You respect, you, that's what you guys are all about. Freedom, respect, all that sort of thing. It's not like that for us. For us, it's like, like even just through this show, personally, I'm starting to understand the value that I'm bringing. I'm not a coach. Again, I'm not charging anything, but I will have courses for, you know, for sale. Even saying that, it's tripping me up a bit. You can see it. Right. Because I'm like, <laughs> but I'm pushing through it anyway. But it's true. Yeah. Like it's in my core. I just want to help. And I just want to shift how women think right. about. And our tag, the tagline is like rediscovering your feminine energy and still kicking ass in business. That's right. Like, cause they're not one or the other for a guy. It is a lot easier just to show up and be like, uh, yeah, of course I deserve that money. Hell yeah. My price is this. You don't like it. I've had coaches who don't even, they, they don't even have a website and they right. still get paid just because right. of what's coming out of their mouths. So I, I love that. Um, so if you, if you see a woman who is fighting it, like let's say her ego is still fighting you helping her dip into that self. Mm-hmm. How would you, how do you manage that? How do you even bring it up? Like, especially with a paying client. Yeah, there's, there's a really powerful reframe. So women typically have the giver nurturer frame, right? Like it's there, the, the, there's the motherhood narrative. <laughs> um, and as in, particularly in my tribe, which are really mission driven, right? So whether they're male or female, they're, they're really mission-driven. They want to serve. They want to uplift people. They want to make a positive impact in the world. They want to leave a legacy that matters. And so underlying that is this kind of real desire to give. And so I don't want anybody to lose that, right? That, that, that is, that's who my people are, right? I don't just have takers that want to extract as much money out of economies as they possibly right. can. So there's a reframe that I like to offer them, which is, and, and to anybody listening, is you can give, get paid phenomenally, and it's about how much value is created for the customer. And once my clients begin to realize, like, oh, when I charge my full worth, I'm not sacrificing my identity as a giver. And I think that, from, like, I see that when people really can own into that and go, wow. Like that reframe allows them to still hold on to the identity of it as a giver and get paid phenomenally. Yeah, I think it's it's a good point because a lot of, I mean, you and I both know there's so many spiritual people who are want to impact the world and they're broke as shit. Broke. And here's the real, here's real talk about that. I would never hire somebody who's broke if I want to be That's abundant. Broke. Like I've had, I've had a coach, in fact, a few years ago where they were not financially anywhere that I would want to be. And so no disrespect to that person, but I'm not at that level. I'm at a different level. I want to impact, but I want the dollars and cents as well. Um, So let's talk a bit. So you mentioned you have a girlfriend, so we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about the, the fun stuff. 
Yay. Stuff where, where we screw up all the time. You and, <laughs> and I, men and women, we mess it up all the time. Oh my God, I might have messed it up this morning. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure I messed it up this afternoon. So it's all good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how how an immature or toxic masculine man shows up in relationships. You did allude to it and you said you weren't perfect. So tell us, like, tell Uh-oh. a little bit about the not perfect version of, of you and when you shifted. Well, I, I, I just want to admit, I, I think it's this, it's a work in progress. Um, I, I think, I, I think my girlfriend would admit I'm probably in like a really small percentage of the male species and still with huge room to evolve. Right. So it's, it's like an, and, you know, yes. And type situation. Um, you know, I think for me, my journey, um, has been being really aware of assault, you know, sexual assault. There have been some experiences that I won't go into on this podcast of things that have happened around me, um, that kind of opened my eyes to like, Whoa, something is really, really messed up. Um, and so it, it, it began the process of like asking really powerful questions and like, how do I need to change? How do I need to evolve? Um, I think if I'm being really vulnerable and honest, I think there's, there's a lot of healing out of our own childhoods that like, particularly as men, you know, we may be still opening our eyes to those things. So for example, like there were some incidents that occurred. I stepped in some piles of shit. Um, publicly and I was went to my girlfriend about it and at one point she was like well you know they're revealing your shadow right and like and so then she basically she challenged me to kind of you know go dive deep into like shadow work but then we all of a sudden realized that probably neither of us is like exactly equipped to really you know do that work and then it left me like completely like emotionally crippled and like you know just like I don't know what to do with this right um and so, you know, I think it's a work in progress. I think the first stage is, is beginning to like see, right. Beginning to like witness into it. Um, and so even though I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of personal growth, personal development work, you still see like when you're actually in the trenches of a relationship, like, Oh my God, I'm still not showing up, you know, as well as I'd like. Yeah. No, and, and I have to first say thank you um, for the honesty and just that vulnerability. It's important. And I think the last, you know, I, last one I had, uh, episode I had, it was, I was talking about when you got, when you're vulnerable, it gives us the ability to exhale. Right. So it's not like, because I know, I know that you guys have predominantly, most men have been raised with this idea that vulnerability is weakness, crying means you're a wimp, all that narrative. But the exact opposite is true. Like when we see a man who can get into his feminine energy, release it, cry, be vulnerable, all those things, it makes us take a deep breath and let go because all of a sudden I know I can trust you with the same shit you're telling me. And that is like the most beautiful place to be. And the fact, and then the flip side to that is being able to to snap yourself back into the mature masculine when needed. And only you can do that. We can't do that for you. And so I, I just want to honor you that saying, you know, just being vulnerable, it's, it actually is a deep, deep, deep sign of mature masculine energy all over the map. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that reflection. It's, you know, we, I think in some of like, we don't, we don't yell or fight like we, that's not our thing, but you know, in our moments where things have gotten complicated and we've worked through each other's stuff, um, <clears throat> I think there've been some really powerful moments where, she sees, oh, 
there's like just there's just like a gentle, soft little boy inside mm. this man, right? Yep. And when she's been able to come to that and see that and go, oh, right, like you know, so that's I think I think there's this beautiful witnessing of like you know the little girl in her, the little boy in me, and really recognizing going, hey, how do we hold space for that? And um, as a father, you know, six six years ago, I made a decision to go sober when my son was two and a half. And I was like, I want to make a powerful decision because I want my son to have a dad who's present and being able to model emotional, as much emotional stability as I'm able to model for him. And part of that is like, hey, it's okay to cry. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it's like, tell me what you're feeling, right? Like, yeah. are you frustrated? Are you angry? Um, do you need a hug right now? Um, you know, your daddy loves you. And he's like, I know you tell me all the time, right? Like, and I'm like, you're going to hear it every day. So, yeah, so just trying, deal with it. That's right. Deal with it. You know, um, it's trying to model into mm-hmm. the next generation of men, like, hey, you know, here's a different way of being. And, um, so, you know, despite our flaws, you know, there are some of us that are trying to awaken to new yeah. ways of being. Yeah, Cause you have to. There's the time of killing each other and doing all the things you're doing is just got to stop because it's ridiculous. There's no, there's zero point to any of it, any of it. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways? So, so is the, how long of like, give me, you don't have to give me exact anniversary, but how long have you and your girlfriend been together? Uh, we're, we're in our second year. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And she's into the personal development stuff as well. Okay. Big. So I think that makes a huge difference. Big time. Um, so what are some ways that have you ever witnessed her, you know, if she's, if she's any type of boss woman or any type of strong woman, she's going to yeah. challenge you in that way. And have you read the way of the superior man, David Dita? What is the book? Uh, the way of the superior man. No, I haven't no, yet. It's really good. Pick it up. It? You should both read it. Yeah. It's a short read. Awesome. It's intentionally short, I think for the guys, but I appreciated right. that. It's like just a little book, but yeah. so when we, women tend to, you know, he, David talks a lot about like, we're like sort of a tornado and we're this hurricane of emotion and you guys don't get to experience that, but we have that experience through this journey. Do you ever have where she comes back into herself with you, where you're seeing she's still wearing the mask of masculinity? are you able to disarm her knowing what you know, or do you just kind of watch it? <laughs> you know, I think, um, she, I, I have called in a really strong queen. Right. And, um, and so, you know, I think we've been on a beautiful journey to explore where, you know, where, where her, we, I think we, we call them her talents, right? Like, you know, where do they come out? Right. And mm-hmm. is that strong, that fierce, like, and I'm like, hey, you know, we can, you know, we can pull the talent. Maybe put- I'm, I'm your loving partner here. Um, <laughs> nudge, you know, so nudge. Think, that's right. You know, so I think, I think for you know, relations were so beautiful because they they reveal our zones where we have opportunities to evolve, and we have opportunities to like shed like survival mechanisms. Yep. That, you know, like she's a self-made woman, like she's had to, you know, hustle her tushy off to, you know, 
be where she's at. And, um, and so I think she, you know, would say like, you know, in many ways, you know, even though I've been challenging in many ways, it's also like the most amount of safety, you mm-hmm. know, and being able to just, you know, ease into and just relax and not be in fight or flight. So I think that's an evolution, right? Like that's a process. Yeah. There still are those little bit of fight or flight moments. Um, and I think, you know, I think I re- respond well sometimes. I think there are t- other times where I have room for growth. Um, but the the general umbrella is, hey, let's start breaking some of these narratives. Let's start breaking some of these molds of, you know, how things have been and how people have interacted with each other. That's that's awesome. And I think the interesting thing about female entrepreneurs that are high performers, I'll say, or high achievers is that we've, most of us have come from some kind of pretty substantial adversity in childhood. That's right. Yeah. And so what we tend to do is we show up in the masculine before we even understand what that concept is. And we wonder why we have conflict, like all my, my whole twenties and thirties with various different people, it was conflict after, and it might not be like open outwardly, but there was conflict always in my life because I wasn't in flow. And we're, when you said you called on a, a strong queen, that's beautiful. Like you have to know how beautiful it is to hear a man say that because often we think no one can handle us because we're tough to handle. Like because we're strong, but we still I always say, you know, like once I know I can drop my bags at the door and just take that exhale, it's a game changer. But having a man like that is, it can be challenging to find for strong women for sure. So I think it's wicked that you called her a strong queen because that's still honoring that feminine energy in her. Well, I'll give you a little glimpse. I think she'd be okay with me sharing this. Um, To speak to that point, she, she moved, I'm in Tucson. She moved from New York to be with me. I have a son here. Um, and so I was less mobile, my son, others here, et cetera. Um, and she made a career change to move really full time into her coaching business. And, um, and there was a moment early on where things were really rocketing for me. They still are. And there was a moment where she came to me and she says, Hey, um, you know, why don't I get on board and Hey, let's like, let's power couple what you're doing. Right. Like, your thing's rocketing. Like I can plug in, you know, in various ways into that. And partially because of my own background with, you know, partnerships and business, I was like, I, I'm that's not something I want to do right now. But my bigger point was I, I was like, I believe in you and like what you're capable of. Mm. And I, I really want you to move forward your message in the world. Right. And I believe you deserve financial sovereignty and all these pieces. Um, and while that was like a little sticky at that time, it's like she's rocking it right now. Like she's having record setting months. She filled okay. her full mastermind. She had a multiple five figure launch. Like she is crushing it. And she's creating like an absolute beast. She's doing her thing. Um, and, you know, I smile because it's like, yeah, like that's what I see. Like right. I don't see you as second fiddle to me. I see you as equal. And from there, it's like, hey, maybe we could explore, you know, what some co, you know, co collaboration right. look like. But it's like you building your thing and standing strong into that because that's what I see in her. Right? It was like right. I don't see you as my second. I see you as my equal. 
right? Right. So that was, you know, it was a little sticky, a little bumpy in that time. Um, but I think what we see happening for her right now is such a testament to the fact that she is amazing and she has a message and she has a voice. And, you know, so anyway. That's beautiful. And I think the, the really important piece is, ladies, hear me, hear me clearly on this, is that as soon as he, he said that, I would guess that she started to attach meaning to it that, oh, you don't want me to be a part of this. Oh, I'm not good enough. Or, oh, blah, 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 blah. The story goes on. And then it compounds and you stack the story. And all of a sudden, he's an asshole and you're the victim. And that just isn't the way. Because a mature masculine man will have seen what he saw in her. And, yeah. and instead of, like, there's nothing wrong with supporting your partners, of course. But if you're supporting your partner in spite of your own power, that's different. Because eventually the resentment will grow. It'll be 10 years from now, like, why the F didn't I do what I wanted to do? Blah, 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 blah. So I think that stickiness is important because it pushed her to, like, now look what's happening, right? I mean, it's a game changer. That's incredible. Um, Because I think women get this feminine stuff a little twisted too. Like, they think it means you have to be subservient to the man in every way. And it's not. It's not that at all. It's... It's letting him change the light bulb. It's letting him lead. It's letting him make you feel safe. But it's not not doing what you want to do. And a strong man and a good man will understand that, which obviously you've shown us. I, I would say the biggest thing that, if, if for the ladies, if you want a little glimpse into how to have your man feel amazing, is to believe in him. Yeah. Believe in him. You know, that piece will, that will go miles. Believe in him. You know, that's re- I, I would say he might not admit it, but like, that's really what he craves. He wants to know that you believe in him. Yeah. That, and I think a lot of guys would admit it now. So, okay. So to that, what does that look like? What does that look like? I, I think it's, you know, it's, supporting him in what he what what he sees for himself even when he it's a little rocky for him like if he's if you're with a sensitive man who's willing to say hey this is kind of difficult for me right now or hey i'm nervous i'm going through some of my own fears and living beliefs right it's like hey i i believe in you like you got this like you're 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 you know like you've trained you're prepared and whatever happens right so it's like it's it's being able to be you know it's like people see the man as the rock but there's I actually think there's like kind of that feminine rock as well. Of like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm your corner, no matter what's going on for you. I think it's giving your man the benefit of the doubt, especially if he's getting attacked publicly, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm right here with you. I am right next to you. Like, yes, it's holding him to a high standard and, you know, calling him out, but it's also being like, Hey, despite all that, like, no matter, it's like, I am right here next to you. Um, you know, cause cer- certainly the more that like I put myself out there, like, you know, I get reamed and, you know, it's like to just know that like, she's like right in my corner. It's like, like, you don't like, I don't need more as a man to know that. Right. It's like, I don't need a hundred thousand people. I need her, like need that. that right. Rock, right. And the same way that I am for her. Right. It's like, Hey, no matter what's going on for her, it's like, Hey, you know, like I, I will be, you know, I will be the attack dog. Right. That will, will go defend, you know, um, you know, so I think those are pieces that I think are really important uh, between the two. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, what about 
we hear this a lot, especially in our space, um, holding space for someone. I know what that looks like for me, but what, so for the gentleman, I think maybe let's talk to the, to the guys on what does that look like when you hold space for your woman or your queen? What does that, what does that look like? Oh God, there is like, get better, Alok. Um, so I think one of the big ways that, you know, I've evolved, I, I think she would admit that I've improved at least in this area, you know, is understanding feminine rhythms around business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, she's like, Alok, like I have my cycles. I have, you know, like, like I move rhythmically. She moves seasonally. Mm-hmm. Right? And whereas I'm just like a freight train that's like, go, move, 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 you know, like yeah. forward, 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 fill up with gas, forward, forward, <laughs> right? you know, Love it. Um, yeah. um, you know, she's, you know, so I've really tried to just embrace, Hey, she has a different way of going about it, but it's still her moving forward. Right. Um, and so I think that's been a space to kind of go, Hey, it's okay. I think what's been really wonderful is the more momentum she's developed. She's also like, look at all these ladies that aren't doing shit to move their businesses forward. Yeah. Um, so that's real really, talk. We, we've had some really good chuckle. She works with early stage female entrepreneurs, right? And she's like, Oh my God, I now get what you're talking about. So she's, I think found a, a happy medium between just, pure feminine flow and masculine nonstop, right? There's kind of that middle zone. Um, I think we both agree there's, in terms of holding space, it's, you know, there's the kind of Brene Brown zone, which is like, don't, you know, don't be a man who feels like you have to fix it. Yes. Preach. Um, You know, but we're honestly in our household, like, I don't think she, I don't think either of us actually just looks for the other person to just sit and like, listen, mm-hmm. and just stare at the other person. So we're kind of halfway in between. It's not, it's not her trying. I mean, I think, I think we've tried to evolve beyond trying to fix the other person. Um, I know, I know she definitely, the more that she's let go trying to fix and change me, the more she actually gets the change that she wants out of me. Yeah. Um, so I think we're trying to find that space of like, how do we share what our belief system is without the expectation that the other person should change? Yeah, that's a deep one. That's a hard one. It's a hard one, right? It's, it's definitely a hard one. And I think like from a, from a woman's perspective, holding space, it's just, it is, sometimes we do need that, touch of masculine, you know, touch of the fix it hunter stuff. But a lot of times we don't. And, and you touched on business cycles, but there's also the woman's cycle. And this is something, oh, okay, perfect. Because this is the thing that's really interesting to me is like, I'm 44 now. And so I'm starting to wind down from. You're acting like you're so much older. I know. Okay. Well, I'm two years old. Oh my God. (laughs) Two years is a long time. Okay. Oh my God, I'm so much older than you. I'm so much older than you. We were in high school at the same time. This is true. This is true. Fine, fine, fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like it's like we're winding down now. And so what I've, I've actually started charting this because what was happening is, you know, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm assuming. Okay. And there's a lot of guys like that who are like, hustle, hustle, hustle. 
never stop. Keep going. You're, you're sitting there watching Netflix for an hour. Your business is fucked and you better get back to it. And da, 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 da. So as women, we're watching all these guys and we're like, yeah, why do I suck? Why can't I be? Well, here's the real deal. There, it's broken into four weeks. The first two weeks of the cycle, I have a ton of energy. I'm on fire creatively. I'm making decisions. I'm booking people in my podcast, blah, blah, blah. Week three, PMS, I've got less energy. I'm still really creative, a lot less energy. My body's starting to be tired. During the period, I don't give a shit if you take my whole company and burn it. Right. <laughs> like, I don't care what happens. You women want help? F you, I'm in bed. I'll talk in six days. That's the truth. And once I realized that, so interestingly enough, everyone's going to know my cycle now. I'm on my way out of it. I'm done. And so now the energy is starting to come back up. The productivity is starting to come back. So I've been charting it. And I'm going to do a little PDF for women to, to chart it with for themselves because I swear to you if, you, if I could tell you how many times I thought I wasn't doing the right thing for my life when I was PMSing, you'd be shocked. Probably every month, I question all of it. Right. And oh. now I go, oh, shut up, eat a friggin' chocolate bar and zip it. Because now I'm not trying to be like, what, a man. Right. I'm honoring that I'm not a man. And Gary Vaynerchuk will never have to use a tampon, hopefully, right? right? Like, and, and, and honoring that that's our power and also to just chill out. But when you talk about her, it gets, it's, a, it's villainized, right? Like not to go too far off the, the tangent, but like even as kids, you guys, boys will say, oh, she's on her period. Oh, oh. careful. The bitch is out. Oh right. my God. And like, you know, you can't pass a tampon to your friend because it's the dirt. It's the worst, you know, all that whole narrative that boys are taught. So we yeah. were, we come up thinking this is a bad thing. I have four daughters. Right. And I say to my husband, he's like, Oh, I need a period apartment. I'm like, zip it. It's not right. a bad thing. Right. You've got to stop acting like it's this evil. You're here because of someone's period. That's right. Like, like you exist because this thing happened. Exactly. And so I think it's really important to talk about and men honoring that too, right? Like you say, you're watching it because it's not like we stop. We don't stop. We just slow down for a little bit and then we just, we're bulldozing right beside you. So I love that you see that. That's beautiful, beautiful distinction. Yeah. And I think, you know, she's, she's, she functions in like seasonal too, right? So Mm -hmm. for her, yeah, winter and and so, you know, I've, I think that's been a whole zone that I've adopted. I think for me, what's happened where, where I think she's hit that happy medium and, and certainly in the month, right? Like when she goes into her cycle, it's like, she's, she's going to sleep more, right? She's going to yeah. sleep a lot more. Um, but I think the piece is she's also found like this happy medium because for me, like momentum, I'm not a Gary V, you know, accolade in terms of go, 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 right? Like. Um, even for my own self, like I don't have to, like my business is scaling at this point. And actually for the very first time, I mean, this will make you laugh, but I thought my business was broken two weeks ago and Caitlin and I talked about it and I, I literally was telling her and she's like, what are you talking about? Like you're having record setting quarters, record set, like every, what, what, what is, what, why yeah. is that a thing? I said, well, but I look at my calendar and it's not loaded. Right. It's not loaded with one-on-one clients all the time you know, and sales calls all the time, like something must be wrong, something must be falling apart. Um, and so actually, for the very first time in 20 years, I'm able to begin to actually 
relax and mm. and not not feel that I have to be full tilting it all the time. Yeah. But congratulations on that. That's beautiful. I, God, it smacked me up the face. I didn't even know. You thought shit was burning, but it's not. I thought it was burning down. Right. I'm not kidding you. This is not some dramatic. I literally thought it must be burning down because my calendar wow. open. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took me, like, I had to actually have a conversation and go, oh, my God, you finally achieved what's called leveraging time. Like, right. oh, my God, this happened for me, not just for other people, you know? Yeah. Um, it was a mind-blowing experience, FYI. Um, but in it, you know, I do think there's a happy medium because momentum is, it takes a long time to build. Yeah. But it's so easy to kill it. Yep. And I think that's what she saw. It was like, she was like, huh, what does the feminine flow look like where I don't lose all of my momentum? Right. Yeah. Because like, it's so hard to like get the rock moving again. Yep. Right. So I think that's my biggest recommendation is as, as you're moving in feminine, not you, but as one is moving in feminine flow, it's like, hey, just, just don't lose all of your momentum. Right. Because it really is a setback. So what can you do to nurture, you know, just that momentum just at least keeps moving. Yeah. And I think that that's an incredible point too, because a lot of women, like I said, if they don't know what's happening, they think it's time to give up and they shut everything down. But like in those moments when you're, you're feeling like you're more tired and you all that, that's a perfect, those four or five days, that's time for reflection. And don't, you don't stop. You just, shift pivot for a couple of days and then get right back in it because uh it's like it's kind of like on a racetrack right like your pms could be when they're changing tires that's right you know and just get back on the on the track once the tires are changed but to honor that and not to freak out every time it happens cuz that's what we do like, oh my god you know um okay so so lastly maybe you can share a couple of ways for a young man or or a man who's not as enlightened and aware as you are how to maybe show his woman that he understands her feminine energy. Um, you know, there's always lots of really nice tricks, but maybe give us two examples of how you would really let her know you see her in this way. Awesome. Uh, can I share one thing in hundred percent from the feminine that I think is really critical. And then I'll answer that. Um, so one of the things that I think, like I love sales, right. And I specialize in people growing sales. I think there's so much room for people to embrace the feminine in their sales process. A million percent. And it's like, like the more we can embrace like compassion and love and like human connection and empathy and, you know, traits that are typically more associated on the feminine side. Like I think a lot of men would really benefit from understanding and women out there for understanding how to be able to utilize your feminine energies, like in the moments where it will actually help you bring a deal across the finish line. So, you know, I know there's so much male Grant Cardone, you know, mm -hmm. male sales, and there's so much resistance to selling because there's an assumption that I'm going to have to turn into like some hyper aggressive, manipulative, you know, salesy slime ball. And I really want to say to all of your listeners out there, like, there are ways to be able to sell and build relationships and, you know, do marketing client acquisition that really can be built, I think, on a really firm feminine energy that I try to bring into every one of my sales, um, sales conversations. So that's just something where I think a lot of men could benefit from that. 
And for you women out there, like just know that there are ways to sell that will be in alignment with your soul where you don't have to turn into some hyper masculine or even toxic masculine man to be able to sell. Yeah. And I'll speak to that because I have another company I actually had a sales call this morning and my sales calls and, and people, even my coach, she, she, I was at her house once she was, we were doing a session and I said, Oh, sorry, I have to take this. It's a call for the content company. And I got off the phone and she was like, how the hell do you do that? I'm like, do what? She's like, I cannot believe the way that you sell. I go, it's cause I'm not selling. Right. I'm literally having a conversation and, and it's not, fake. It's not made up. I get into my heart every single call. And I've been doing it six years. I've talked to thousands of people over that time. We've written 40,000 pieces of content. Every person I talk to, I'm not thinking, get them to the sale. I'm thinking, how can I give value here sincerely? And that's not, and and I will tell you, I was raised by a, a father, both parents there, but my father was a used car salesman. So what the hell do you think I saw my whole child? Oh, we used to roll back the odometer and what do I got to do to get you in this car? Like even so far back as Sesame Street, okay? If you ever watch Sesame Street, remember the guy, he'd open his coat to sell you a letter. How do I get you? Right. So you're two and three years old and you're having these images of a dirty, slimy in the back alley with his glasses and a hat on sales guy. And we wonder why we resist sales. That is why my friends, like it's not, it's not, that isn't, I, I, people say to me, oh, you're in sales. And I say, no, I, and I, I say it, but I build relationships. And if you don't need me, I'm not going to force myself down your throat. That's exactly, you know, and that's like I say to everybody, like, hey, you're curious about how to, you could add, you know, multiple six figures on to your coaching consulting business, right? Hey, let's get on a call. And this is literally what you'll hear me say. I'm going to listen in to hear if I can add a ton of value to you or not. And if I can't, I'm going to make a referral to somebody who's much, much better. who's like absolute assassin at the thing that you actually need more than me. If I can, I'm going to take a real strong stand for you and we're probably doing something. Like we're probably going to work together, yeah. right? Um, but it's like that giver mentality. I think that's what's really important. You can bring in that giver mentality of like, hey, part of giving is making sure, do I solve the issues right. that you have? Because if I don't, like somebody else is much better for you than me. Um, and, and I love that, right? And sales can just be so easy when it's like so soul aligned and done from a position of wanting to serve the person. And sometimes yep. that means it's not you. Right. Yeah. Right? And you got to be comfortable in saying that. I'll tell you a quick story now. When I was, I think I was about 19, 20, and I just got a job at a gym here in, well, sorry, in Winnipeg. Um, it was called Ladies' Choice Fitness Center. And it was a man who was from the US and he was running it and I was in sales. And I didn't know shit about shit, but my job was to work, the, go, take the person through the machines so that they felt they had a pretty hard workout. And at the end of it, they sign and they buy membership. Right. I had the 16 year old girl come through and I worked her out hard because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Yeah. I'm 19. I'm not a personal trainer. Yeah. She ended up fainting and I flipped out right inside. I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. I was athletic. I did dancing. I know how hard you got to get pushed at 16 to faint. <laughs> I'm like, geez, Louise. So yeah. I go to help her and he slaps me on the shoulder. He's like, leave her. And I'm like, what do you mean? Leave her. This girl just freaking, she's on the floor. I was like, just let her be. She's going to think she's really out of shape and she'll get a membership. Literally, (laughs) that was the moment in my, in my sales career where I was like, uh, no, like I felt slimy and I, and it was then where I was like, okay. And that's, and ever since 
I've evolved, but that's what we, that's the conditioning. Totally. That's the conditioning and it doesn't work. And I never sold her a membership. I actually tried to quit because he told me to fuck off once right. and I walked out and he ran down the block to catch me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. But it's like, that's not, you Sale? might get the deal and you, but the person's going to hate it. They're not going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. We know, we know the outcome of, of that type of sale. Sales is about getting the right person across the finish line at the right time, with the right product at the right price. Like yep. it's not about selling anybody and everybody. It's about right. actually caring for the best interest of this. Like right now I have a cohort that I just filled. I've added a couple slots. I'm going to divide the group. And um, there's a couple people that are considering, Hey, should I join? I have my next ones in September. Right. And they're like, well, do you think I should do September or June? And I, and I just have honest conversations with them. Right. I'm like, here's why, you know, what's, what's going to serve you best. Right. And once we come from that and, and for many people, like once you get out of the first phase of business where you're no longer like desperate about how you're going to pay your bills, like you can start having really like loving conversations. You're not going to be just closing the deal because it's how you're going to pay rent. It's like, right. I make a lot of money at this point. Like I want to have the conversation that goes, what do you need? Like yeah. what's going to serve you best? Is kicking the can right. down the road until September going to be the right fit for you? I don't think it is because I don't like, I think making powerful decisions move your life forward. But then I allow them to choose and they're like, well, there's this, this, and this between now and then. I've got to finish it. I'm like, okay, great. Well, why don't you put a deposit down for September? Like, we'll roll then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So tell us about how you, yes, great. the original, we went way off on a tangent, I but know. that's, this is the show. So the show. I embrace um, it. So for the men out there, um, here are the things that I'm working on. Um, for my partner, um, flowers never get old. Nope. They, they aren't the thing in the movies. And they, they do, every time my partner, she doesn't take for granted. They, they still have the effect. So, you know, I know it sounds simple, but you might do that. Um, two, more physical touch, right? So um, three, celebrating her for what's amazing about her. Mm. And I think that's, you know, that's a really, I think that's probably part where me and every man, we all have the opportunity to do better. We get so caught up in what we're doing and maybe the little moments of conflict or strife or whatever. And, um, you know, it will go miles to, to celebrate her privately and also publicly. Like, you know, you can go through my feed and you're going to see me celebrate what's going on for her um, to know, you know, what she's valued for. Um, and then to just continue to do your own work to heal the, the wounded little boy inside of you. Uh, I think that's, I think that's, oh gosh, like there's a book, um, I think it's called Healing the Child Within. Mm-hmm. And I think many men, I know for me, there was, there was one particular exercise in there that's absolutely devastating um, in a good way. Um, they're like, really see, oh my God, that wounded little boy, like probably for most of the men out there, you know, most men probably don't even have a conversation about what the wounded little boy inside of you actually is, but right. it's probably the root of a lot of the problems that are actually coming up in your relationship. So I, I suggest to all the men out there, outside of those kind of tangible things you could do, is to really start going, hey, what is the wounded little boy in me? Like, how do I begin to ask questions? Like, who do I ask for help around? Where is that showing up? Um, I think it absolutely will catapult you into being the man that you probably want to be. And I think it's important to, to note that, like, most guys aren't going to just intrinsically know that there's a wounded child That's in there. Right. So the way that that, I think that shows up is if your relationships aren't harmonious, 
if your business isn't going well, if you're not able to lose weight, or if you're not getting your body healthy, like those are some indicators of what your subconscious is really thinking. So consciously, you might be like, oh, I'm on top of my shit and da da da. But your subconscious is rearing its head and the subconscious is ladled in the childhood. And that's where the work needs to happen. So I think if any of those things are happening, if there's areas in your life that you're not mastering, that's the, that would be the red flag or the opportunity to start digging deeper into the inner child or the little boy that's in there. Because you're right, everybody, we all have a, a smaller version of ourselves to heal and release. So well, my friend, that uh, that was amazing, and and uh, we're that's done. The question and question period of this show is now complete. Your prize is helping millions of people. Um, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Sure, uh, you can find me on social. So Alok Apadurai on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, websites just my first name dot life. So A L O K dot l i f as in frank e as in edward um yeah just reach out to me anywhere if you're mission driven you want to be in the top two percent of your niche uh primarily i'm in the service sector coaches and consultants and uh you want to build an impact empire that touches tons of lives around the world and make huge difference and earn a phenomenal living thank you very very much all right well let's keep in touch and um have an amazing weekend and i will talk to you soon bye thank you so much it's been a real Thank you. Bye. Hey.